Embrace the Day with Tracy Mack on Newcastle Live. Welcome back to the program. It is, uh, it's not too bad out there. It's starting to get a little bit overcast. It's 19 degrees here in Newcastle West. That cloud cover is keeping us uh, a little bit warmer than what we probably should be. So embrace it, enjoy it while it's there because it's not going to be sticking around for uh, for too long. Now, just a quick uh, a quick trigger warning before we uh, we get going with this, uh, before we jump in, just a, a note about the content for this, uh, this next interview. I do advise listener discretion um, with themes of violence, Uh, descriptions of sexual acts which may be triggering please take care of yourself don't hesitate to reach out for help if you need it if it gets a little bit too much to take you might want to take a breather or uh, or just take a break and come back later if this does trigger anything for you please please reach out to 1800 respect that's 1800 737 732 or lifeline on 13 11 14 those numbers again is 1800 respect and lifeline 131114 yesterday saw the 26th australian woman killed this year and a baby becoming the 24th child killed as a result of domestic violence. It's not good enough. Something needs to be done. And it's been an absolute pleasure to watch the growth of, uh, of what we're wearing Australia as they've, uh, they've taken more and more of a front row seat of, uh, in the advocacy for domestic violence here in uh, in Newcastle and the Hunter, it is spreading outside to uh, to the rest of the country, and I know that there are a, a couple of other uh, events happening around uh, around the weekend as well. But in particular, I just wanted to have a bit of a chat uh, initially with uh, Sarah Williams, who is the founder of What Were You Wearing Australia. Good morning, Sarah. Good morning. Jamie. Oh, hang on, hang on. Sorry, old age, Lisa. Um, <laughs> yes, welcome Sarah Williams, who's the founder of uh, What Were You Wearing Australia? Good morning. Thank you for having me. And I welcome back Elisa Richmond, who is uh, part of the committee for uh, for What Were You Wearing and uh, and is kind of one of the front faces of, uh, of all of what you see for What Were You Wearing. Good morning. Hello again. Hello again. It's lovely to see you. Now, it, those, uh, those figures, as I just said, that uh, yesterday we saw the 26th Australian woman the 26th, and the 24th child killed as a result of domestic violence. This is not acceptable and something has to change. You too hear and and speak with domestic violence and sexual assault victims. You you hear from them, you listen to them. What are they saying out there? I guess what they're saying um, is that enough is enough. Um, and that the government and people in positions of power aren't doing enough to be able to uh, prevent uh, domestic and sexual violence. And we're being able to see that through the statistics. Like, that's nearly one a week. Um, and, yeah, the, the fact that they're already that high um, is just awful. And also the funding for support as well. Um, you know, a lot of people, they, they don't know where to turn for, for help or um, there's just not enough support, whether it's financial support or housing, like crisis housing is obviously a huge thing at the moment um, for, for everybody in Australia. But um, it's, there's, not, there's just the, the lack of actual support and resources out there at the moment is really, really scary. Um, and we do need more assistance in that. And that's why we do what we do to bring attention to that hole there, that there's there's a need for more support. This is a real problem. Um, it's not going away and more needs to be done. 
Um, Sarah, you and I spoke um, back before the federal election. We spoke about the fact that, uh, you know, we had high hopes that things were going to change. Have we seen anything yet? Well, I will always say that if the statistics are rising and we're still seeing deaths and with one being at nearly one a week, um, then no, we're not doing good enough. Um, and that's why we are continuing to march and to do these types of events to be able to continue to create awareness, but also call on people who are in positions to be able to make change, to be to make that change. Um, and we always see that the more that we use our voices, the more that people try and they start to understand and we can really, you know, get through to them. Now, we have had a, uh, we've had a Commonwealth plan, you know, it, it's been in action. It hasn't really done a great deal. Um, it expires on the 30th of June. So at the moment, uh, we have the Minister responsible for women and women's safety. They're all meeting face-to-face for the first time under this new government. It's happening today. And they're going to discuss a new decade-long national plan to end violence against women and children, as well as a commitment to establishing a national plan for for First Nations women. Now, First Nations women, as we know, it is, like much of the crime in Australia, it is disproportionate. Is that the same case here in in Newcastle and the Hunter? with First Nations women reaching out to you? 100%. Um, And one of our big things is, like, you will see that a lot with, um, you know, media and where it comes out. When, unfortunately, someone potentially is murdered due to domestic violence, there's a lot of talk on... um, typical white people but there's never talk on people who are first nations um or yeah or represent as indigenous which is completely awful um and so yeah i think that no matter who you are and what you are you should be able to you know we should be able to reach justice for you but also have these events in memory for you as well the very the, the interesting stat, and and I know that that uh, tomorrow's march is it, it, it's for all genders. It, it has it has no specific male or female that it says that it's running. The statistics are, as we said, one in six women, but it's also one in sixteen men. Yes. Are we finding men putting their hands up, or is it too embarrassing to say that you know you're you're a victim of either domestic violence or, or sexual violence or physical violence? We know that coercion is a big issue. We we understand that, but one in sixteen—that's still a big number, isn't it? That's an unacceptable it number. It is. Yeah, it's definitely unacceptable, and I think that um, for men it might be a bit more. Um, it's 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 always a bit more embarrassing, I suppose, for them to to ask for help, or maybe um, it's seen as it's only something that happens to women, but it's not. And I'd like to make it very clear, actually, that what we're wearing, we we're an organisation by survivors for survivors, and that is completely blanket of of whether you are male, female, trans, non-binary, children, whoever you are. We are not just here, we're not out there saying men are bad. That is not the case at all. Uh, Men are 100% also survivors of domestic and sexual assault. Um, We advocate for them as well. Um, We, uh, within our organisation, we have Men, men, we have trans people, we have non-binary people, we have representation from all walks of life and I think that it's important that we shine a light on the fact that domestic violence and sexual violence can uh, happen to anybody, um, no matter your gender, no matter your walk of life. You know, it could be someone who you least su- suspect could be suffering at home and I think that the, the main message is that you need to 
not be afraid to ask for help, not be afraid to reach out to those support networks. But on the flip side of that, we need to make sure that the support networks are accessible to everybody, um, that there is enough support there for, again, whether you're your gender, your race, your your backgrounds, um, your financial situation, you need to make sure that you are able to access those services and, and to reach out and to not be afraid and not be embarrassed that something is happening because it's not your fault. Um, again, no matter who you are, no matter your background, it's not your fault. And there are people there who want to support you and there are those services out there. Lisa, I know that uh, yeah, you have uh, you have control of a lot of the social media, a lot of the emails that are, that mm. are coming in and out of, of what you're wearing. Some of the stories that that you must be hearing must just be horrifying. We do get um, a lot of stories like that. Sarah actually, uh, she's amazing in the fact that she, you know, she'll she'll take on and she'll listen to to these stories and. Um, uh, it's kind of a tricky thing where we're, as I said, we're an organisation of, of survivors Volunteer, by yeah. survivors. Mm-hmm. We are all volunteers and we all have our own stories and our own backgrounds. So it does get quite difficult sometimes yeah. to, to not be triggered, I suppose, or to, to listen to people and be there for people, especially at these marches and these rallies and events where people come up and they might share their stories. There's been countless times where I think all of us within our team have had to sort of have a bit of a, 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 a tear or had, had to have a moment because mm-hmm. of what they were saying or, or you know what was happening was it just hits home close to home I suppose um but on the other side of that again I pers- speaking personally um you know I've gotten to a point in my life where I would like to turn experiences that I've lived into something positive to help other people and to raise awareness and to create fight and to create advocacy and um I'm fairly certain that I mean well that's exactly the reason that Sarah started this mm-hmm. this whole organization isn't it yeah and definitely. Sarah that's uh, that leads us perfectly into into the question that that I'm going to ask you now um you have been on the program before but for those who haven't haven't listened previously um what were you wearing Australia began from something that you discovered in the US, you brought it over here, um, but it was a result of your, your personal experience that, that when you had some, some issues happen to you, one of the first things that was asked to you was what were you wearing? Now, that must be bloody tough to, uh, you know, to, to have started this from, from such an area of heartbreak and tragedy, to have started this and to be helping others now, that must be bloody, bloody tough, but, but so rewarding. Yeah, it it can be very tough and it has had its time. Um, but I just see it as I want to use my pain to then be able to turn that into helping and changing others and being able to really tell show others that you can go through these things. Unfortunately, these events can happen to you, mm-hmm. but you can come out of it um, and you can be okay, whether that be like however you choose to have justice. Everyone's justice is different. Mm-hmm. Sorry. Um, and... Yeah, however you choose to have justice, um, you can achieve that um, in your own time. And as you say, justice is different for everybody, isn't it? And uh, speaking of our justice system, how tough is it? Is it still tough for victims to come forward to police? Is it still hard to get prosecutions through? You're smiling at me now. Yeah, 100%. I actually was in the... um, police station yesterday 
um, talking to a few detectives and one of them said she doesn't know exactly the statistics but um, she says that they won't put a case forward unless it is in their head 100% going to get to a conviction. So they may believe that, you know, the, it wasn't consensual but mm. unless it's 100% going to get there then they won't. Um, so... Wow. I guess that in itself, but also just everything that has to do with going to a police station can be quite terrifying for a victim. It's so intimidating because you, you, you worry that you're not going to be believed, um, mm. essentially, or you're going to be victim blamed, which is such a huge thing. We do still victim blame, don't we? Oh, 100%. As Australians? Yeah, absolutely we do. And uh, what I really love about the march, and I've witnessed it a couple of times now, um, the first march, you know, when when you had a gentleman get up and and you know it, it, it happens to man da da da, da. a lot of the perception around um, organisations like this is that it's men bashing. It's uh, you know it's all about the men. We know that that's not the case. A- no. And, and you are so open at all times to to really really reiterate that you have members of your committee, as you mentioned already, Lisa, that are uh, are both male, female, cisgender, trans. You name it, you have it amongst it because domestic violence and sexual violence, it doesn't really it doesn't have a, a, a sexual like a. a it doesn't Agenda. discriminate. Thank you. That's what I was looking yep. for. Um, yeah, it doesn't discriminate, does it? And uh, and I think that's the, the very important message that uh, the what we are wearing it does get out there. Exactly. And I'd like to say on that as well that um, any time there's any talk of of these kind of events of any uh, raising awareness of domestic violence or speaking specifically about. Um, instances where it is a female uh, a victim or vi- female survivor um, the the people that come in with the the what about men the what about menists um, they really all that does is it belittles our experiences as mm. survivors it ex- it belittles and it takes away the fact that you know what yeah that happened but what about men instead? Mm. And that's not what this is about right now. There's a time and place. And, it's not you know, acceptable for anybody. No, that's you know, point. if, if mm. yeah, exactly. And unfortunately, the reality is that women are more likely to experience this kind of violence and to be killed by their partner. And that's been the case this year in, mm. in, in events and marches that we've held in memory of these female um, victims. And... We're in no way discounting violence against men because that is obviously a huge issue in its own. But you also can't hijack and piggyback off the fact that we are doing this about a specific incident or um, you know a, a specific person who we've lost. Um, and try to turn it into okay, but what about men? Why do you hate men? We don't hate men. No, <laughs> that's you both have beautiful, loving partners. You don't hate men. <laughs> we're when we're not about that. That's not what it is. It's not about hatred. It's about support. And um, you know, I don't know about you, Sarah, but you know, being part of what we're wearing and having our little community, it's so important to me as someone who's who's gone through experiences to have other people around you who have similar experiences as well or have similar stories and to have that support there and all working towards uh, the similar fight and the similar result at the end. It is a beautiful family. There is no doubt about that. We might take a quick break, girls, and uh, and then we'll come back and talk about the, the march uh, tomorrow specifically. But as I mentioned, please, if uh, if this is, is a lot to take, if this has been triggering for you at all, please, please uh, call 1-800-RESPECT. That's 1-800-737-732 or Lifeline on 13 
11 14. That's 13 11 14. And we'll be back in just a moment with Lisa Richmond and Sarah Williams from What Were You Wearing? Newcastle in the Morning takes you through the big events and the most talked about stories of the day that matter to you and your life. From what's on to what matters, Tracy Mack takes you beyond the headlines, what it is, why it matters and how it impacts your daily life. Tracy Mack brings you Newcastle in the Morning, weekdays from 9 on Newcastle Live. 